Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Here we are continuing our week of Text Talks. Yes. Psalm 99. Text Talks and Vacation Bible School. Oh, yeah. We're doing Fearless Defenders of the Faith. And uh, every day, well, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I should say, actually, it's today and tomorrow, come to think of it. Yes. But at 10 a.m., and we're having these uh, great Bible lessons about some characters from the book of Acts Mm -hmm. who were fearless in their faith and showing us ways that we can certainly take courage and be bold for the Lord. And we'd love for you to come out if you're in the Tampa area. Bring the kids. 10 a.m. today. Yeah, absolutely. And 10 a.m. tomorrow. And then you're going to have a wrap-up session Wednesday night at our 7.30 Bible class time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And have some kind of review that will be helpful. So that'll be fantastic. Psalm 99. You want to read it for us? All righty. So I've got Psalm 99 here from the New King James Version. The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. The Lord is great in Zion, and he is high above all the people's. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king's strength also loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests, and Samuel was among those who called upon his name. They called upon the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance he gave them. You answered them, O Lord our God. You were to them God who forgives, though you took vengeance on their deeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. The Lord our God is holy. Three times that is declared, uh, really giving us maybe a, a look at what the outline or the how you might segment this psalm, but in verse 3 and verse 5 and in verse 9, the declaration that God is holy. He is holy. He is holy. Then the final statement, the Lord our God is holy. Yesterday we talked about that connecting to Isaiah 6 and the transcendent holiness of God. That's $10 word we used yesterday, mm-hmm. ontological, which is the concept of just the state of being and the state of existence, God in his very existence, the fundamental character, everything else. I, th- I think that we need to see this. Everything else about God's character, his fundamental quality is holiness, is his transcendence. His love stems from that. His mercy stems from that. His justice, his judgment stems from that. Yeah. Uh, his honesty stems from that. And then, of course, the ethical holiness, which is how we normally think of it stems from that Mm -hmm. you started yesterday as we were talking taking us into romans where demonstrating that god's holiness recognizing god's holiness actually impacts our ethical holiness our excuse me our morality our righteousness the light or darkness by which we live and i think that's really important well absolutely and tracing paul's argument in romans 1 It's an explanation of why the world is broken in so many ways that it is uh, to see people not thinking rightly or acting rightly towards one another. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of selfishness and a lot of violence, a lot of depravity and foolishness and so forth. And Paul traces it back to 
fundamentally, people had ignored God. They had chosen to believe a lie that there was some other God rather than the true God, and it all spirals down from there. So we are Christians, which of course causes us to take this psalm and think ahead about some things going into the New Testament. When the psalm was written, I think what was supposed to happen for the Jews was they were supposed to be pointed back to the law. Because in Leviticus, Leviticus makes a really big deal out of this concept of the holiness of God. And specifically, one of the main thrusts in the book of Leviticus, we see it in Leviticus 20 and verse 26 and some other places, which I'm sure we'll bring up. But here in Leviticus chapter 20, in verse 26, here's what God says to his people in the middle of that law. You shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. Here's what I want you to notice. Remember yesterday we highlighted that the fundamental definition of holiness is separate, set apart, lifted up above the common, the mundane, the vulgar. Here's what God says. He says, I am holy. Mm -hmm. That is, I transcend. I am separate from all of creation. I am separate from all these other gods. And of course, nobody can see that I'm putting quotes around that, but I am separate from all of this. I am above all of that. And so now you, because you are worshiping him, he would be saying me, because you're worshiping me, because you're following me, I have set you apart from all the nations. Uh In other words, when you get into this land, God is saying to Israel, when you get in there and you start to live on that land, I didn't take you out of Egypt so that when you get into the promised land, you would act like Egyptians. I didn't take you out of Egypt and replace all these nations who were on this land so that when you get on this land, you could act like all those nations that I'm running out. He said, I didn't take you out of Egypt and run all these nations out of this land and place you on this land so that as you sat in the midst of these other nations, you would act like those nations that surround you. He said, I didn't do that. I took you out of Egypt. I'm cleansing this land. I'm placing you on the land that I have promised so that you will be separate, distinct, different. You will be set apart. You will be holy. Be holy for I am holy. God says this to to Israel multiple times. The psalm also highlights some of those mouthpieces God used to communicate that and to teach his people, to call out Moses, to call out Aaron, even to call out Samuel. And of course, Moses had that task of meeting with God to receive that law and then bringing it down on the mountain. And Moses was one of the first ones to be frustrated to see how quickly they lost that holiness. Yeah, I'm thinking about Exodus 32 and 33, and and he's got his uh, commandments, uh, uh, this. (laughs) those commands on tablets and Joshua is saying, oh, it, it sounds like the people have been attacked. There's war and battle going on. We've got to get down the mountain. And it was not war and battle at all, but the people were singing and dancing and having feasts for an idol, yeah. for a golden calf that Aaron had fashioned. And so they had forgotten God so quickly. They had uh, replaced him with something far lesser, and it was leading to, I mean, already a bit of a moral degradation. It makes me think of one of the other times this business of God's holiness and how it's supposed to impact people comes up in Leviticus. In Leviticus 21 and verse 8, so I'm now thinking specifically about Aaron and about the priests, as that's what's said here in the Psalms, as it talks about Aaron as a priest. In Leviticus 21 and verse 8, talking about the priest, you shall sanctify him, that is, you shall set him apart, for he offers the bread of your God. He shall be holy to you, for I, the Lord who sanctify you, 
am holy. The priest was supposed to be holy. What happened, though, in the very first instance that Aaron had to mm-hmm. act as that priest, he set up this false god. Yeah. And then, then in Leviticus, so that's going back into Exodus, in Leviticus, we've already, even by the time we get to Leviticus 21, we actually remember what happened with Nadab and Abihu. Yes. One of the very early events is rather than being sanctified, rather than being set apart, what the priest did was mess the whole thing up by mm-hmm. offering strange fire that God had not authorized. Yeah. That doesn't glorify God. That distorts the image of God. They were supposed to be offering true fire, and mm-hmm. so God sent his fire uh, to destroy them. Because if you're not going to offer the right fire, what what's going on here? Well, now you have to face the death. That, and that's the thing. If God is dwelling among us, we're not going to survive that unless there is the proper mediation, Mm -hmm. which of course means sacrifice. He says these priests have to be holy. They've got to be doing this right. Otherwise, there's going to be a problem in this mediation, which ultimately, not to get ahead, but ultimately is why we need Jesus instead of needing Aaron. Exactly. (laughs) Ultimately why we need Jesus instead of needing Nadab and Abihu. So that's certainly going to point that way. Well, you know, you mentioned something there that I, I really hadn't thought about. Maybe I need to think about more. But the um, really kind of the danger of dwelling with God or God dwelling yes. among you, that because of his holiness and his purity and his inability to countenance any type of evil, uh, it, it's a dangerous thing because we, we are mortal and we are weak and we fail in so many ways. I, th- this is the essence of what Leviticus is about, which as much as as much as we struggle, and I struggle to read Leviticus, there's so much of it that's just like, oh, no, here's another sacrifice. And ah, listen, I admit it. I read Leviticus and I think this is boring. This is boring. It's not as exciting as having a battle. It's not as exciting as, you know, the conquest of the land. However, what Leviticus is about is the fact that what needs to happen for God to dwell with his people. And if we're going to have a law that allows that to happen, you get Leviticus. Mm -hmm. And this, this is the struggle is that from beginning to end, what you find is actually what's in Leviticus even that can't actually work because, well, the priest has to be holy. But what do we see? They're a mess. They're a mess. These guys are a mess just we like the a, rest of a, us. We need a better priest. And so what Leviticus does is it points us forward saying we need something else. Yeah. Uh, because this, this, all of these chapters, I think 27 chapters of sacrifice and rules and atonement, it actually all falls short, not because of God and not because of his plan. Sure. But because of us and the people through whom he is working. It's a real problem we are supposed to be holy as he is holy our priests have to be holy because Mm -hmm. he is holy but we blow that again and again and again so for christians we are priests because of christ and in this new priesthood god is our god we are taught in the new testament to be holy because he is holy uh first peter chapter 1 verses 14 through 16 says as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written you shall be holy for i am holy that's Leviticus. Yeah, he's quoting from Leviticus. <laughs> he quotes Leviticus there and puts that to Christians. So I understand that I need to live holy, separate and apart for God's glory. But you know, it, it, it's a dilemma for us because we are also supposed to be an influence and a light in this world versus being influenced in our proximity to the world. So, I, you know, I guess I'm thinking a little bit about how we navigate that. 
Well, I think there's two sides of this. Number one, what Leviticus demonstrated to us is if I'm going to try my dead level best to be holy and present myself to God as look, I can be in relationship with you because of how holy I am. I'm going to fall short, which is why I need Jesus. And so God sent Jesus as the sacrifice that would provide atonement that makes me holy so that I can come into the presence of God. What Peter demonstrates, though, is that this, this dismissal of pursuing holiness that so many today do. Oh, I'm just saved by Jesus' holiness, so it doesn't matter whether I'm holy. Oh, look, grace mm-hmm. is going to cover that, so that doesn't matter. We, we've missed it, if that's what we think. Jesus says in his sermon in Matthew that those who are blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Sure. All right. He doesn't say the ones who are blessed are the ones that I just make righteous, even though they don't care about righteousness. They're not trying to be righteous. And I think that's the thing we see here. It's, it's the recognition that Jesus did not deliver me. Je- just like God didn't deliver Israel to go into the land and act like Egypt or the nations that were replaced. Or the sure. nations, God has not forgiven and atoned for you and for me so that we can act like the people around us. Mm-hmm. He has atoned us so that we can be different. Mm-hmm. And that difference comes by his power, by his grace, by his strength. But it's also me pursuing it. It's also, look, I am going to rely on the strength of Jesus so that I can pursue this holiness, being the influencer, rather than saying, oh, grace covers that, it doesn't matter. No, it matters a great deal. Well, you know, even as you're quoting there, the Beatitude, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled in Matthew 5, 6. It puts me in mind of Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Mm -hmm. It's then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under foot by men that a holy people is salt of the earth yes and god wants that salt of the earth to diminish the holiness then is to lose the effectiveness lose the saltiness and then we are not what god wants us to be and this, he, is, this is a failure of his purposes for his people and he goes on to say we're the light of the world uh-huh. and we're supposed to let our light shine so that they would see our working and glorify God. Yes. When, when I sit back and say, oh, grace just covers that, and then I think I can just continue in sin without worrying about it, I am not shining the light of God. I'm not allowing the light of God to shine through me, which he has saved me to accomplish. Yes, it's a growth process. Yes, I fail. And yes, we can take comfort knowing when I fail, the grace of God provides forgiveness. But the grace of God is not given to us in order to say that our holiness doesn't matter. I, I agree with you, but I think one of the ways that the world cows us in all this, us being Christians, is because if you're trying to live a holy life, they accuse you of self-righteousness. Yeah, they do. Oh, you think you're too good. You think you're better. You think the only one's going to heaven. And, uh, I, you know, I guess I shouldn't be troubled to understand, oh, if I pursue righteousness, I'll be persecuted for it. <laughs> yeah, but that's but also it seems in to that happen sermon. that way. It seems yes. to happen that way. It's like, yeah. I'm not trying to be better than you. I'm just trying to serve God. Absolutely. Be holy, for I am holy. You know, we become what we worship. And if we're worshiping God, that is going to change us. Let's go ahead and wrap up for today. Holy God, we fall short. I fall short so often. Uh, we, we know our own sins, and you know them better than us. And we are ashamed, and so we ask for your forgiveness. And we ask for your power and your strength to overcome. 
we want to be holy as you are holy. And we are so thankful for the sacrifice of your son that paves the way for that. We're so thankful for your Holy Spirit and for your word and for your church and for all of the things that you've given us that, that help bring us to account and help us pursue holiness. We want to walk by your spirit. And so we ask for the fruit of your spirit to grow within us. Lord, we do love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we offer up this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, you can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.